Hello and welcome to Nutmeg Book Drops, Elementary Edition. This podcast is brought to you by Librarians Connect, a group of public and school librarians from throughout the state of Connecticut. Find us online at bit.ly slash librariansconnect. On each episode, we will be discussing one or more of the 2023 Elementary Nutmeg Book Award nominees. You can check these out from your local library. On this episode, we are delighted to welcome author Danny Ramadan and illustrator Anna Braun, who have created Salma the Syrian Chef, published by Anik Press, a 2023 Nutmeg Elementary nominee. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ann Poirier. I am a school librarian at Moses Y. Beach Elementary School in Wallingford, Connecticut. And I'm very excited today to be interviewing the creators of Salma the Syrian Chef. Hi, everyone. My name is Daniel Ramadan. I am a Syrian Canadian author and public speaker. Uh, I write a lot of the books for adults, but today I am here to talk to you about my children's book, Salma the Syrian Chef which I collaborated with the amazing Anna Braun on. Hi, Anna. Hi, this is Anna. I am the illustrator of the awesome book, Salma the Syrian Chef, which is was so fun to illustrate. I am Canadian Russian, and I'm also based in Vancouver, and I'm looking forward to talking about it today. Hi, um, I'm Adrian Snow. I'm the reading and library coordinator for Enfield Public Schools and I love to read and I love your book and I can't wait to talk to you. We'll be talking a lot about food today since food is central to this book and we'll start by talking about the dish full chamois. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, okay, thank you for including the pronunciation guide. It's always appreciated. Full chamois sounds delicious. How did you choose the dish that Salma would make for her mama? All right, so uh, for me, to be honest, I uh, wanted to write a children's book about the immigration experience for the longest time. I just didn't know what to write about because I didn't want to write a sad story. I didn't want to write about tanks and wars. I wanted to write about something beautiful. Um, and one day um, in 2019, I wanted to invite my friends over for breakfast and I wanted to cook them a Syrian meal. So. Um, I didn't realize how difficult it would be because I needed certain ingredients and I needed things um, that I didn't have access to. So I started texting my friends being like, hey, can you bring the lemons and you can you bring the vava beans and I'm out of olive oil and stuff like that. And then my friends came together and we made full chamois together. Um, and then we spent basically like two, three hours just cooking together and then eating and talking. Um, and that was really inspiring, to be honest, that, that, that community building that was unintentional, but that food brought together uh, was very inspiring. And by the evening, I had the first draft of Selma the Syrian Chef. Wow. Thank you. What a wonderful story. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. I have the next question. Everyone at the Welcome Center thinks of a favorite food they miss from their homeland. Can you tell us about your favorite foods and the stories behind them? Mm -hmm. um, and how about you go first, my love? Sure. Um, well, my background is Russian, so my family would always make this traditional 
Russian Eastern European soup called borscht and it's made with beets so it's got this distinct red color and you eat it traditionally with sour cream and it's just something that I grew up with and it wasn't until I grew up and I tried to cook it myself that I realized yes how hard it is to make and how different it tastes depending on who makes it because you know even within my family my grandma and my mom would put in like different amounts of spices and herbs and salt and pepper so I would ask my mom like how do you do it and you know she'd say oh I just grab whatever is on the shelf and some salt and pepper and there you go so it's just a very special dish because it always tastes so different depending on how my mom makes it and I you know I come home and it always has her flavor and I could never do it myself so just yeah my favorite I think my favorite dish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful story thank you for sharing Anna um, for me, my favorite uh, Syrian dish is something called yalanji, uh, which I didn't bring in the book because it's so complicated to make. It's basically um, very similar to dolmadis, the, the Greek meal. So it's uh, uh, grape leaves uh, that we uh, usually pickle for a while, uh, for a couple of months actually, and then you fill it with rice and spices and God, I'm, I'm, my mouth is watering just thinking of it. Um, and it is very sour and, and then it's cooked on a very light uh, fire for a long time, um, well pressed and stuff. And um, I, I, what I love about it is also the community of it because it is you, you're rolling a grape leaf after a grape leaf to make 200, 300. So uh, I grew up with my grandmother and my aunts and my mother who would sit around in a circle because they need to feed all of their families and they make a Yalanji day where all of the families are going to eat Yalanji. And instead of sitting in solidarity and just like rolling on your own, my grandmother and all of my aunts and my mother would just like hang out together and they roll it together and they're talking about their neighbors and they're sharing gossip and they're watching TV. And um, and it's really, it's actually very beautiful to watch. It's, it's, a, it's a very intimate experience i think wow i love yeah. those. Oh, go ahead sorry adrian no i was just oh. thinking it reminds me of making tamales kind of the same i've i've done that with my family and it's so it's just you feel warm from the food and family and everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's very intimate it feels it really is intimate uh, but at the same time it feels like a lot of fun so turning something that can be uh, tedious, like rolling grape, uh, grape leaves into something that is quite joyful, like sitting around and talking with your dear family and somebody remembers a song that they like and they start singing and suddenly there's a choir of women singing in my house while they're making grape leaves Yelanji. It's really cool. Wow, what a beautiful image. I love thinking mm-hmm. about that. Thank um, you. I feel like you did already share your your inspiration for the story is there anything that you wanted to also add with sure uh one thing that i really was um looking forward to writing the story is that i needed to tell a story that um is suitable for the children but also is teachable for the the adults who's reading the book um so i wanted to use metaphors because that is something that the the children would 
would would learn from, but the adult also would have a space to talk about those things with the adult to talk about metaphors and how metaphors are made. Um, I also wanted to bring different cultures and different identities like queer folks and um, different families and different ages uh, into the, the book. Um, just because communities are made that way, community are diverse that way. So that is something that I, I left there for the adults in the book to, 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 sh to share, to seep into the story with the child. And I felt that that was um, something very important to me when I was writing the book. All right. The Welcome Center makes such a big difference in Salma's life and is full of so many loving and supportive friends for Salma. Your story makes me want to help families like her and her mother. I bet other readers will feel compelled to do the same. How can readers in Connecticut support immigrants and refugees? Mm. Um, I think I think there's multiple um, ways to answer this question. The very first one is that you can put your hand up and look into your community and see who is an immigrant or a refugee in your community and offer them that family feel, that friendship feel that they might be in need of. Maybe one of the immigrants in your community is struggling with their English and now it's your time to sit down with them and just have a conversation about cooking, about, about friendship, about your day. Anything can help them learn the language. Um, maybe if you um, have the resources, you can donate to organizations that are sponsoring and supporting immigrants and refugees. Um, but one thing that I really, really invite everyone to do is that immigrants leave their culture behind and they come to a completely new place. And it is, it's really an important part of who we are. Um, being a Syrian is very important to me. Um, your identity um, as, a, as a Russian is really important to you, Anna, I assume. So I think um, it's it's something that I hope people would open their hearts to learn about. So learn a bit about Syrian culture, learn how to make a Syrian meal or how to say thank you in, in Arabic or, um, or anything honestly about the Syrian culture that might catch your attention and allow you to have a genuine and authentic conversations with uh, somebody who's a Syrian immigrant in your community. Do you have anything to add to that, Anna? Um, I was just thinking about my own experience as uh, immigrant as a child and and how the friends that I made in school they were from all over the world different cultures and even though we were all struggling with English somehow it didn't matter and that as a kid you can always find ways to to play with kids that may not necessarily speak your own language really well and just make new friends and and learn new things and be surprised how similar we all are despite coming from different corners of the world and yeah just it's it's amazing to meet new mm -hmm. people and make new friends i completely agree that is it's really amazing how you can you can share um a lot with the person even if you don't speak the same tongue it's 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 really a beautiful thing to watch so true yes thank you Mr. Ramadan, the question about your writing, you use a lot of beautiful figurative language. We talk about that a lot in our writing um, in school and they, your writing uh, really creates beautiful images in my mind, such as when you say, Salma feels useless, like an umbrella in a country with no rain. 
end, Mama breaks into a long, sweet laugh like the echo of bells. What advice do you have for young writers who want to bring their stories to life in this way? Mm. I think metaphors are the most fun thing for me to write. Um, it allows me to connect two things that are so different from one another and make a beautiful connection between the two. It's like building a bridge between two sides of a river that, and then allow them to speak to one another. It's really cute. I think it's, it's a lot of fun. And I think that that's something we forget sometimes when we're writing or when we're doing something creative. We forget that it's a lot of fun. We are allowed to have fun as we're writing. Uh, and I'm sure um, uh, illustrating for you is a lot of fun. It brings you a lot of joy. And that is something beautiful, I think. So my very first recommendation to the youngsters out there who are trying to write, it's okay to have fun while you're doing it. Please go ahead and enjoy it as much as possible. And that, that by itself will get you to write something beautiful. You don't need to sit there being like, oh, how, like, and judge yourself being like, oh, how can I write this beautiful metaphor? That's not going to let you write the beautiful metaphor. What's going to let you write the beautiful metaphor is that if you really enjoyed it and you want to make it as, as, as joyful for your reader as possible. The next question is from Ms. Braun. Um, many of your illustrations have detailed frames. How did you choose a style for your artwork? Do you have some advice for young artists in our listening audience? So the ornamental borders, uh, there's two reasons for that. The first is that I just love pattern and ornament. And I just try and infuse that into my work as often as I can. And that's why I was super excited about Danny's book because it allowed me an opportunity to bring the ornament from Middle Eastern culture. And um, it, the second reason is that because uh, Mama and Salma are living at the Welcome Center, they don't really have belongings that could show where they're coming from. And the borders really became a place to show their cultural heritage and their background without being in the actual environment. Um, and if you look at, there's like a lot of examples in Middle Eastern cultures of pattern being used on like decorative rugs and wooden decorative boxes and even in the pages of the Quran there's like really beautiful borders and so that was really like I just took that idea and I you know changed the design a little bit to make it kind of my own but it was such a great opportunity to bring that into the book um, and it felt super relevant and just worked really well and everyone was happy to include it so yeah, it was really fun to, to do that. Um, the second question about style. Uh, I actually don't really think about style that much. I really focus on bringing the emotion and the mood to the story. And style is just something that happens eventually after you've been drawing for a long time. It, it's just something that comes out and I wouldn't worry too much about trying to find a style, especially as a young artist. Um, and the third question, my advice is to try and draw things from real life, and that will really help you to improve drawing from your imagination. And even though I've been drawing my entire life, this is something that I constantly do. I look at things around me, I look at photo references, because you might always find something new or see something that you haven't noticed before. Um, so, for example, if I were to ask you to draw a cup, 
I'm sure you could do like a very simple generic cup drawing. But if I said, okay, take all the cups in your cupboard and look at every single one and see how different they are, how similar they are, the shapes, the textures, the curves, the details, the patterns, then if I were to ask you after that to draw a cup from your imagination, you would probably have a hundred different ways of drawing a cup and it would be very unique to you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just, I guess, back to the idea of like having fun and exploring. It's just a matter of trying new things and, and enjoying it while you're doing it and not trying to make something perfect mm -hmm. because perfection doesn't really exist in art or writing, I think. I think it's just comes out of like our passion and just being excited about creating something. Mm -hmm. Thank you so I, I, I think you were perfect in doing the work for Selma, honestly. Like you did a fantastic job doing the work for Selma. My favorite thing, honestly, and the thing, I'm dropping things all over the place now. The thing that, um, that stood out to me the most with your art, Anna, honestly, is how you catch the right second to illustrate. Like I noticed, for example, right here, the sneeze here, right here. It is such, it feels like I'm about to sneeze. Every time that I open this page and I'm reading for the children, I'm like holding back my own sneeze. You know how sneezes are um, um, uh, contagious? This is a <laughs> contagious sneeze from the pages. I just, I love that page, I really do. Thank you. Happy to provide contagious sneezes every time. You <laughs> Can I ask, um, maybe you could talk a little bit about the process of uh, the illustrating and writing. So Ms. Braun, you're illustrating the book that Mr. Ramadan has written. Um, how much do you, do you communicate in that process? Or do you just get the text and go from there and then it's a surprise for Mr. Ramadan what's illustrated like the sneeze. Well, actually there's not as much collaboration as you would imagine because it goes through two editors mm -hmm. and then all of the communication happens kind of back and forth through that. But ultimately Danny does give me feedback because he has to be happy with what I'm doing. And there's collaboration in the sense that if there's a specific reference like a cultural reference that i wouldn't know then that's when danny comes in and is like okay this is this is how it looks like this is how you eat this and that's super helpful and i obviously couldn't do it without that kind of feedback i mean honestly like it was it was a beautiful surprise to see the illustrations come to life to be honest um i I think sometimes it is not the best idea for a writer to interfere in the work of an illustrator, unless it's a cultural reference, as uh, Anna, you were just saying, because I would know you would simply don't, and, and I would offer that knowledge, and then you, you take it and you run with it. But um, I am completely in, in favor of the idea that Anna is a fantastic illustrator. I've seen her art before we... Uh, before we even started working on the book, um, I knew that she would do a fantastic job and it's not my place to limit her uh, by, by telling her like, no, you have to do this or you have to do that. And so I honestly, I'm, I'm the expert on writing. I'm a great writer. I believe in myself. I believe in my words. 
and you, Anna, are the expert on illustrating. And if you asked me to draw a mug or a cup right now, I probably wouldn't know how to. So, <laughs> so, so I think, I think yes, indeed. Like yes, we didn't collaborate in that sense where we sat down together and we agreed on everything. But um, I feel like I did a great job on my own, and I feel like she did a great job on her own. And whenever we needed to communicate, we always were very communicative. Mm -hmm. And actually really like your style of writing Danny because it is so open and it's not specifically describing what we would see in the image and that kind of freedom really you know gives me room for interpretation and there is almost like two things going on one with what the text is saying and one what the visuals are showing and that's where I feel like things really work well because you're not, you know, provide, you're not repeating information. Your illustrations are supplementing what the text is suggesting or like perhaps showing agree. something different that wasn't necessarily said. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. We're working at the moment on the next book for Salma and Salma is having a dream in the very first chapter, first chapter or second chapter of the book, I don't recall. Um, and I just saw the illustrations that Anna had done for that and her way of, of indicating that this is a dream or a memory is to have like a layer of the intricate frames and details on, on like the patterns, like, yeah. like exactly like a pattern, like a wind moving across the, uh, the, the, the illustration. And it's, I, I never thought about that. I think it's brilliant. I think it's lovely. It looks amazing. So I'm really excited about that. You did a fantastic job with it. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like I can write Salma is dreaming, but she can find a way to, to make that translate to illustration in a way that I never would ever be able to imagine. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Glad you're happy with it. Yeah, yes. That's great. You make a wonderful team. <laughs> I think so. I think so um, too. Uh, a couple of students at our school had some questions for you as well. Um, I have a question from Jace who asked about the setting of the story. Um, he noticed that the story is set in Vancouver and was wondering if you um, also live in Vancouver. And if you know any families like Salma's family. Mm -hmm. So we both live in Vancouver, uh, Anna and I. Um, I live in the West End, as maybe like the, the folks who can't I see. I live this. in the West End too. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're just down the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> I live on Berardin Beach. Uh, so <laughs> we're very close to each other. Um, to answer this question. <laughs> We both are Vancouverites. We both live in the uh, West End. Um, and uh, Vancouver is home for us. I actually, one thing that I did is that I talk about the Welcome Center or the Welcome Home. And uh, Anna drew the building of the Welcome Home of Vancouver. Like that's an actual building that you see that Anna drew is an actual building in here in Vancouver that is called the Welcome Home building in East Van. So, and even when Salma is crossing the street, she's crossing um, um, a commercial, isn't she? She's crossing commercial drive. So like main, main street, main it was street. kind of, well, there, yeah. There, yeah, yeah, that area for sure. Yeah. So that area for sure, it's around the same building. So it is, it is a Vancouverite story, which honestly I'm proud of because in Canada, many, many of our stories are happening in Toronto. 
and that's great, good for Toronto, but it's six hours of a flight from here to Toronto, and this side of the uh, the country deserves to be mentioned in um, in our literature. I really believe in that. Uh, I have my sister, her name is Noor, and her child, who is six, turned seven a couple of months ago, uh, her name is Tala, and Salma, like I actually shared Tala's pictures with Anna when she asked for uh, pictures of young uh, Syrian uh, girls. So I think in a way we both know Tala and Noor. Yeah, I got to meet them um, at an award ceremony and I actually, Tala was wearing this really cute dress that her mom made. And I'm including that in the next book because it just, felt like yeah this is Salma this is who she is she exists in real life um, my second student question is from Annalise and she was wondering about Salma's dad she saw him in the framed picture and she was wondering about not getting to meet him in the story and now I'm wondering about the next book and I'm sure you don't want to give anything away but I'm hoping that Salma's dad is able to join the family. Do you want to tell them about the next book, Anna? Please go ahead. Or do you want to tell them? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to um, give well, anything away. Maybe we go can ahead. say that. You could tell us a little bit about what we book. might see in the next book. <laughs> sure. I will I will say uh, Salma is coming back in chapter books, which means that young readers are going to read their stories on their own. Um, the next of the chapter books is going to be called Salma Makes a Home, uh, which uh, is about the time that Salma and her mama, um, a year or so after their arrival, are finally going to the airport to uh, welcome Baba, who is joining them there. And then they're going to look into the challenges that a young new immigrant will face, uh, especially as uh, Baba is struggling between his love for Syria, but also um, as he's integrating into the Canadian society. So that is that is where the story is going to go. Uh, Anna has already made some beautiful illustrations there. Do you want to talk about them a bit, Anna? Well, they're actually even extra fun to do because it's all going to be kind of black and white illustrations so there's they're not going to be in color the cover will be color but i actually really enjoy working in kind of like that grayscale mm. tone because it's it's more challenging and that's kind of what makes it more fun um still going to include all the syrian patterns wherever i can so we're going to keep that theme going and yeah it's uh there's going to be a lot more illustrations because it's going to be a longer book i think that readers will really enjoy it i think so too it's like 100 pages of a book the story is very cute the thing about the story though is that i don't want to write a simple refugee story again so it's a bit complicated the themes and the stories and the, the elements of the story in it are going to be a bit challenging for people and how they think about immigrants and refugees, um, but in a good way, in a positive way. I think, I think our job as artists is to push the envelope a bit. And I think that I, I, I did a soft push to the envelope, just a tiny bit push to the envelope, I think. There are two more uh, books after, so it's a series of three books so far. Um, the next one is going to be Selma writes a book, and the third one is Selma waves a flag, and um, 
I'm so happy I continue to work with Anna Braun on that. She is a fantastic illustrator. I am, um, I'm also very happy to be published by Anik Press. They have been so supportive in, in this series of books and in supporting Salma. I think she's, um, she's my favorite creation. I, I love her. I love her so much. Oh, that's yeah, I'm super excited to keep working on the series and, you know, maybe there will be more after the three books. Danny has a whole saga planned, maybe films. <laughs> Salma continues to grow, new challenges will arise. And, Absolutely. You know. I think I, I think it's going to be the Salma extended universe or something. Yes, <laughs> the Salmaverse. The Salmaverse. <laughs> Gosh, uh, it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping that after those three books, I might try the middle grade novel for Salma. And then yeah. if she continued to be interesting, uh, I might even take Salma on a young adult uh, novel and see where, where that goes. Just get the character to grow with the children who loves her. That would be amazing. I know, mm -hmm. I, I can't wait to introduce Salma to many, many Connecticut students through the Nutmeg Book Award program in the coming year. And I know that they all are going to fall in love with her also. Um, so exciting to know that chapter books are coming next because that our second and third grade readers, I think will be really excited about that too. And, um, and I love the idea of having, of having uh, students be able to grow with Salma and uh, read about her as she grows up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was just delightful to talk to you both today and to meet you both. And uh, we're just so grateful for you to take time out of your schedules um, to talk to Connecticut students um, in this interview. You talked about um, uh, helping new uh, newcomers to our countries by maybe learning some some words in their languages. So maybe you can teach us uh, how to say thank you in your home languages um, so students can can learn uh, some of those words that are from your first languages. So Mr. Sure. Ramadan, what would uh, sure. thank you be in Arabic? Sure, you say shukran. 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 Shukran is thank you in Arabic. It's actually also in the book. Selma thanks one of the uh, characters for helping her cross the word, uh, the, the, the street, sorry. And she says, Shukran. Oh, well, Shukran, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. And Ms. Bran, will you teach us thank you in Russian? Yes, Spasiba. 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 <laughs> Yes. you got it close thank you so much <laughs> for having us thank you for uh for being with us today it was just so wonderful to to have you both here and we look forward to reading um and viewing your illustrations in salma's upcoming books that's it for this week's episode of nutmeg book drops elementary edition you can find out more about our podcast at our website, bit.ly slash librariansconnect. Subscribe to our podcast to be notified when the next episode drops. Thanks so much for listening.